This is Beyond the Bell Tower, where an elite group of North Carolina State University students give us a behind-the-scenes look at their steps to success and show us how they attain even their lofty goals. These students, who are in the top 10% of the country, are active in student support services at NC State, a nationally recognized program designed to provide support for low-income, first-generation college students. Nationally, this population has an 11% graduation rate within six years. The student support services students surpass that rate each year and go on to become doctors, dentists, accountants, and engineers. They work at Google, Apple, and the NCAA. They have earned PhDs in Ivy League colleges. These students go well beyond the bell tower to reach this level of success. Welcome to Beyond the Bell Tower. My name is Caitlin Sosby. I will be hosting today and I am here with Unique. Unique, do you want to share a little bit about yourself before we begin? Yeah, so again, my name is Unique. I'm a sophomore here at NC State. My major is design studies with a business administration concentration. I am a peer mentor and some of the groups and organizations I'm a part of includes um, Acts 2 Fellowship, which is a Christian organization, and Black Artists Coalition, uh, or BAC for short. I didn't know about the last two organizations. Would you want to go into that a little bit? Yeah, so I'll start with the first one. So Acts yeah. 2 Fellowship, again, it's a Christian organization. They're part of a bigger church called Grace Point, And mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's a really, really good program, that program. It's a really good organization to get involved in. I mean, especially as a person like just, just learning how to fellowship with others and talking amongst others with your own faith and your own beliefs and things like that. It's a really good community-based Christian organization. And for Black Artists Coalition, it recently started up um, last year over the pandemic, and I was able to join, and it's been great. It's a good platform for Black artists and any types of art medium, whether it's singing, dancing, theater, painting sculpting, whatever your art major is, just a good place for, I guess, African-Americans at NC State to come together and be able to share their own knowledge, their own, I don't know, it's just, I don't know, I want to say it's a good way to vibe with everyone, (laughs) and it's not exclusive to African-Americans, but it's just a nice way to be able to have that space, that creative space to have at NC State for um, Black artists at NC State. That's really important, I think, especially with how last year has kind of been going down. That that is a good space definitely to have, especially where where you can be creative and where you can kind of let your voice be heard with other people who can also understand what the, what that means for you guys. So I think that's really cool organizations to be a part of. I'm definitely glad you shared those because I didn't know anything about those, and I think that's kind of the the beauty of NC State is there's so many things you can be a part of and just nobody knows about it but they're so important. So as a part of NC State, as a design major, I wanted to talk to you a bit about different ways that NC State has expression. So like, especially the free expression tunnels are, I think, our biggest kind of piece for that. I kind of wanted to pick your brain about that and like what you thought the free expression tunnel means to you as a student. Yeah, so when I first came to NC State and I heard about the free expression tunnel, and then I found out that we could buy spray paint in the bookstore. I was like, this is awesome. Like, heck yeah, let's do it. But I guess on a more serious note, I see the, the expression tunnel as a way to really just let 
I don't know, I want to say like freedom of speech, like you have the freedom of speech to be able to say and show what you want out there. I think it's a great way for like a person to voice their own opinions, concerns without too much, quote unquote, too much backlash from it, I guess, depending on who you just have to take in consideration. Because I know like last year, some not last year, year before, like some things happened with the Free Expression Channel. But mm-hmm. overall, I just I feel like it's it's a really good way to get your voice heard out there, especially if you're like advertising things for like these trillions of organizations and clubs or if you just want to just tell someone hey have a nice day like walking through it it's just so interesting to see like a you see a bunch of colors which is visually stimulating and then second some of the messages that messages that you see showing like school pride like wolfpack pride showing um their people's concerns and things that are going on in the world things like that i think it's a really good way to embrace like that creative side of people's thoughts and opinions yeah, especially because, like you said, it, it brings color to NC State. We're a school where brick is really prominent in the design. So being able to see something that's so lifelike and just vibrant like that is really cool. Oh, yeah. So if you wanted to create a project at NC State, kind of similar to what you've been working on with the train station project that you worked on, if you were going to do something like that at NC State, and we will definitely get back to the train station project soon, what would you do and kind of like, why would you decide upon it? Like based off like the project I've done at the bus station, because it's a form of public art. So I feel like enhance, like maybe doing another public art piece at NC State. For one, the school is public. And for two, there's a lot of different like statues and landmarks, especially. And the school is large. So I feel like having a landmark or or I guess like creating a public art in in, at NC State I don't know I feel like if I was to do something like that I would definitely try to I want to say like represent everyone in that statue or that particular public art piece at the school Mm -hmm. so a it can be a really good landmark for people to go by look at or know how to get from point A to point B in a certain situation and also to be able to show the community of what NC State is. Yes, we're the Wolfpack, but also everyone has their own different stories, opinions, and their own experiences. And I feel like that together, creating something that mirrors that would be a really good thing to see at State, as well as be a really nice thing for people to contribute to at the same time, to say that they contributed to. Kind of like mm-hmm. how I got in the process of doing the bus shelter. I kind of agree with that. Is It would be really nice to show the diversity at NC State. Speaking of kind of things that like, like diversity and like things like race and kind of like things like that, there's a lot of boxes that we check as TRIO students. So we're all kind of known as like first-gen low-income students. How do you view yourself as a first-gen low-income student? Well, first, I'm from Charlotte, North Carolina. I am a low-income-ish student. Like that's like a box that I would definitely check, but I'm African American, so that's another box. And the neighborhood that I come from isn't exactly doesn't exactly have the best press and media due to past activity with gangs and things like that. Um, but when it comes to, and I feel like a word for this would be would be um, my positionality of like who I define myself as. So I mean, I would define myself as a student, also a woman. African-American, um, a designer. I don't know. I feel like if I put myself in a box where it's like, oh yeah, low income or 
or something of that nature. I don't want to say that it, like it is me, but it's also at the same time. Like, I don't want that to be something that people would view as like, oh, this is limiting like who you truly are. I feel like yeah. I mean, we can we each have, like you said, we each have boxes that we can check, especially when it comes to gender, race, religion or um, sex, things like that. So I don't know. I feel like it all depends. It all depends. I'm probably like messing up this question. But yeah, I guess like in saying that and that helped a lot. But yeah, and saying yeah. that like certain bosses shouldn't have to define necessarily who you are because I mean we go through so many changes as human beings. And just because we check one box like one year, the next year, it's a completely different box. So I mean yeah. there's something yes, yeah, it's, it's always changing. But yeah, I wouldn't only limit myself to what the boxes would tell me that I am. So speaking of Kind of like what you were talking about there. You said you were from Charlotte, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't know too much about Charlotte, but I'm I'm t- kind of getting the same vibe as somehow some people talk about Durham. So Durham is where I'm from, and a lot of people like when they hear that I'm from Durham, they're like, "Oh, that's a that's not a safe place to be. That that's full of crime, and there's a lot of bad things going on." Um, would you want to talk a bit about um your community specifically in Charlotte? And what it was like to live there. Yeah, so um, I was born and raised in Charlotte. And the neighborhood that I live out, live at now is called Hidden Valley Community. And it's kind of the same, like, if when people ask you about Durham, for me, when I tell people, like, oh, I'm from Hidden Valley, they're just like, oh, my gosh, like, should I, like, come? Or, like, is that safe? Or things like that. And I, I never viewed it as a place that wasn't safe. I always viewed it as a place that I would call my home, essentially. And... Mm-hmm. Recently, actually, in January, I actually worked with um, a UNCC grad student named Barbara Lash with a documentary that is retelling uh, retelling the narrative of the community in a positive light uh, so that media can understand that, hey, like, yes, things happened in the past, but it doesn't necessarily, it doesn't necessarily, like, define who we are now as a community and how we once were as a community. So that was something that I took to and... Yeah, I mean, like, the community itself is, I don't know, it's its pretty diverse, I would say. You have different ages, different races, um, people who practice different things, have different trades, different jobs, and it's a regular neighborhood. I feel like all neighborhoods have, like, a good and bad side to it, but at the end of the day, yeah, I'm like, at the end of the day, it's like, whatever makes you feel at home or, like, whatever you call home, that's your home. Like, for me, Hidden Valley is my home because I live here. I've um, Never really had that many problems with the neighbors, with the people. I mean, you may have like noise complaints from like neighbors and music and stuff, but it's not that deep or anything like that. And that can happen anywhere. Cause like, even though I, I say I'm from Durham, I live in a very rural part of Durham. So like, I, I'm around a lot of kind of more country folk and we still get the noise complaints and we still have basically the same issues you get in every other neighborhood. So I, I completely understand. And you were talking about how you view your place as really diverse. So I got some statistics from a website on Charlotte, and it, it kind of goes with what you're saying, that around like 40% of people are white, 349 are African-American or non-Hispanic, and 7 are Asian, and 6.5 are Hispanic and there's about like 22.8 percent of the people in Charlotte who do not speak English as a first language so it really shows kind of like 
kind of more of a positive side of things where it's like, look at us, we're, we're kind of showing that we're not just one type of person, that we do have kind of an amazing background where you meet a lot of different people. So that's kind of going with what you're saying about your community. So I thought that was really cool. Well, it's definitely a sellable. <laughs> it's a very interesting city. Very interesting. So starting in middle school, you became involved with, um, I believe you, it's called the Blue Line Extension Project. Could you possibly talk about how you originally became involved and kind of where this project took you? Yeah. Wow. It's so weird to like know that like I started this in middle school because I'm like 20 years old now and I'm like, I started this when I was like 12. But while in middle school, I was involved in a community, a citizen schools program, which is a program for like just kids at the school who needed after school help or needed to be able to yeah, it was it was mainly just an after school program. But in doing that, I believe I took like a art workshop or like I got news from like a mentor and they were just like, Oh, we're gonna have this artist artist that's gonna come and he wants to talk to you guys about something that is really cool and we were just like, All right, cool, you know, middle schoolers, I'm just like, sure, why not? And and getting there and listening, that's when I first met Tom Stanley and I was just like, Okay, this is cool and he asked us to write down words that reflect our neighborhood and to and at that time uh, my neighborhood in valley didn't really have great great media coverage at all it was very negative so it was surprising to see that almost all the students in the middle school who participated we all had positive words to say like hope home um i know for me i particularly wrote down the word peace the word peace came to mind because i don't know and and living here for i think i live in the Hidden Valley about for about two years at that time. But in settling in, I was just like, okay, like this is, it's pretty peaceful. And, you know, with being with family and having friends, um, I mean, of course you have your problems and things like that, but overall peace came to mind more and more. So with that, we were able, we, the middle school that I was at uh, named Martin Luther King Jr. Middle School also was working with kids from the Hidden Valley Elementary School. And they're about like less than five minutes away from each other in the neighborhood. The kids at the elementary school worked on silhouettes and different patterns that are used on the train station when you go see it. And the words from the middle school students are in columns that are beside each bench um, at the station. So from there about, I mean, we thought it was a one and done thing. Like as middle school students, we're just like, oh, he's probably not going to come back or anything. And then I think my sophomore year in high school, he was able to get back in contact with most of us um, from both schools. And we were able to see like, he was just like, yeah, so this thing actually happened and it's installed. And I was like, that's so awesome. And we were able to talk and we did a video with uh, Basic Cable about um, our experience and what we thought about the project and how it impacted our community in a positive light. So from there, it's a weird timeline, but it's like so interesting to talk about. Um, from there, he, I guess based off the video and kind of like me talking to him and I was just like, this is so cool. Like, I would love to do something you know, like this again. He found me again. I was actually being an intern at the Charlotte Mecklenburg Library and he reached out and he was just like, hey, I'm working on this other project and I would love if you would like to work on it with me. And I was like, sure. Like, 
this sounds cool. And that's when it kind of led to me being more involved in the process with Mm -hmm. the bus shelters that we're doing. So Mm -hmm. the bus shelters are, although it's a very small form of public art, and I know like a neighborhood is just like, how is that going to help, you know, the neighborhood? But I think one thing that can really help is the fact for a safety reasons for and then in seeing and walking on my street, I noticed that there's not really a lot of bus shelters for people who have like groceries, who have kids and they just want to sit down or they're walking from a long distance and waiting at the bus already is a very long process. So I felt like having bus shelters, especially a bus shelter that showed you like that. I don't know, like, I guess I would represent your community. And you knew that it was like a small safe haven for you in a sense. So we started um, doing that. And that is still in process as we speak or still in a work in progress as we speak. Um, But yeah, from there, just opened a lot of more networking opportunities with a lot of other creatives in Charlotte, such as the late lady who I worked with, uh, UNCC grad student. And yeah, so that's where we're at now. Looking back at that kind of moment, what do you think you felt like during this process? Oh, I guess when I first started, like in middle school, I was like, I was super excited. Um, I didn't know where this would lead to. I didn't think it would to this point. And then I guess over the next few years, I kind of like kind of left my memory. I would talk to people about it. I was just like, yeah, I'm doing this thing and it's going to be great. And then I didn't really hear much from it. But then when I got to high school and seen it for my own self and seen how like it has impacted the community and community in a way, um, and not only for commute reasons, but also just for the neighborhood to have something that is, is like it, like this is ours. Like this is something that the kids, future generation who grew up, who, who thought of this, of their community and you know, did something to help give back to it. I felt like that was something that stuck with me. And I was just like, wow, that's incredible to see how people really relate to some of the words that are on there. Like, oh, like familiar and peace and love and things like that. And I was just like, it's it's just so interesting to see like how mm-hmm. some people's stories isn't told the way it needs to be told through other platforms, the media and the press and things like that. But when you really have like those heart to heart conversations with people and your own experience and seeing how that plays out in it, it's a really beautiful thing to me. Are you in contact with, like, anybody, like, any of the students that worked on this project with you? I have, I recently reached out to one of my friends who was in middle school with me, and she did it with me, and um, she was just like, wow, that happened so long ago, and, like, we're trying to, like, um, get back and reach in contact with her for, like, the next video that we're planning on doing to show the uh, bus shelters. But other than that, I haven't really been too much in contact with them. Um, mm-hmm. We all kind of went our separate ways. At the, like between middle school split and high school split, it kind of like. I understand split. that. Yeah. Now, my main question for that is kind of, do you remember like how they felt while doing this project with you? I can't say. I felt like my earliest memory would be more so of like in high school, like when I got to see them again and coming, like coming together and. We walked in and we saw like the layouts and the blueprints and all this stuff. And we were just like, wow, like that, that's what we created. And we were so excited to be like, this is what's going to be like in Charlotte, like on like, like literally like maybe like what 10 minutes away from our school. Like we could go here. And for us, like, I guess for students, like we use the 
light rail in adults as well to get back and forth to the center city, to the university area city of Charlotte. So it was just really, I feel like they were like very excited to see how their hard work from like middle school has paid off to now. And it was just really interesting. So is the light rail, because um, you were talking about how students are using it. Is that like a really prominent thing? Because I know in Raleigh, it's not as kind of like we see trains, but a lot of people don't think about using them. Is it more active, do you believe, in Charlotte? Yeah, I think it's definitely more active. Maybe not now, just the pandemic. Before that, yeah, it was a really useful, really useful piece of transportation for so, so many people, especially those who don't have cars. I feel like Charlotte is, Charlotte is literally a circle to me. Like everything is in itself. It's very easy to get from one place to another but when when you have a light rail or I don't want to say subway a light rail when you have a light rail that's like in the center it's easy to get it's easy to like be like oh okay like if I want to go to like for me from where I'm at and the the station is about like a 10 minute walk a 10-15 minute walk from my house so if I go there and I'm like I just want to get downtown I can get down be that be downtown in less than like 15 minutes so yeah, it's, it's really cool. And I think the best thing about this, like the entire line of it, is that each station has its own public art installation in it, which reflects the area that's, that it's around. So I feel like that is also really cool for especially tourists when they come, they can see like, oh, okay, this station is like, um, has, I don't know, installations from like bird, like a certain type of bird or a person that was prominent in that area. And that's, and they can be able to experience that little bit of culture and history that char- charlatans have. Yeah, so I'm looking at the pictures that you sent me from the Blue Line extension. Did you kind of want to talk about these? But I'm looking at them and I think they're gorgeous. I can touch on a little bit. I've used it multiple times. <laughs> and so like being an intern at the uh, library that's downtown, it was very easy for me to get on there and just, you know, go commute. But as part of that is being able, I feel like for me, being able to go and see like I'm a part of this like I was help I was able to help design this and then when I'm seeing other people like looking around like they, I've seen people like like go all the way down and look at all the words and then come all the way back and view each artwork images and they're just like wow that's really neat how they did that and you know it's just I don't know it's like a conscious state of mind when you're like looking at art and you're just like huh what does it mean or like what does this say but when you have like words that imp- like that show its meaning it has an even deeper like it gives you a deeper perspective of like huh this area you know like even though it may not be the best it still has a lot of positive connotations to it and the people obviously who live here see that and they want other people they want to share that with other people yeah all right so with kind of like the ones you are currently working on now the bus station would you kind of want to talk about what what your plans are for those and like how it kind of coincides with what you've done in the past yeah so um the bus shelters that we're working on the theme of them is is it's a play on the word shelter in a way so there's two shelters one of them will be a shelter from the storm and the second is all those who take shelter the purpose for those would come from we worked with the hidden valley community association and i went to some of their meetings and we talked about how the installation would work and things like that so with working with Tom and me being a community liaison to be able to like talk to people, like I think I talked to a couple of neighbors um, and get their own opinion of what they would want the shelters to represent or what they would want 
So in a sense, like the shelters, they really are reflected on the people of Hidden Valley to those who call it home, especially for all those who take shelter here at Hidden Valley or under literally under the shelter of a bus station, bus shelter or those who take shelter. Same, same as home. So, yeah, I guess in relationship to what I've done in the past with train station, the uh, train station and things like that, like the, the theme of the train station was home. And it was, and I guess like the shelters being like coexisting with it, it's like the common theme, like, okay, here's home, how other people express home in the community. And then you have another part where it's just like, okay, well, they view home as like a shelter for them or a place that's like a safe haven for them in a sense. Yeah. Yeah, that's really interesting to kind of see how those two like work together really well. That that kind of with my little design knowledge, which is from like <laughs> one class, <laughs> I can see how that works really well. So that's really cool. What do you feel like is the biggest takeaway for your community with this project? Um, I think the biggest thing for me was to be able to express the community's voice through art. Um, and I find it funny because like in high school and like a little bit in college, I was like so sure I was going to be an engineering major. And I was just like, yeah, like I'm going to go to school for engineering. But upon seeing the impact of how art it's upon seeing the impact of impact that art had on people, it was it was very, I don't know, it opened me up to a brand new perspective on life and how art can really, really change another person's perspective. So from that and me being able to talk to people about their own experiences and like seeing other cultures and yeah, just the fact that like, they're ev- we're everyday people, like you can just go and talk to a person and they're like, hey, you know, how are you? Or, you know, how do you see your community being televised? Or how do you want your community to be televised or shown? And I know a lot of people may not think of art as like something that's like people like, oh, art is just art. Or people be like, I'm not an artist. I'm like, no, everyone's an artist. Everyone has the capability of being an artist in some way, shape or form. Even if you can draw a stick man figure, you are an artist. (laughs) And then my friends be like, no, you're the artist. And I'm like, no, you're an artist, too. And I feel like in doing this process with him and in talking to community members and things like that, like I mentioned before, just to be able to amplify their voice for them, um, especially if it's an older older uh, population, younger population, just to know that I have that social responsibility to be able to share my own experiences as well as the people who I live with experience. So that's kind of what I took away from it. And it and ended up changing my entire major for college. So <laughs> So going off that, since you did change your major, what is your plans? Like, what do you feel like you're going to do after college with the major you currently have? And I know you're a sophomore, so I know, like, it might change. but uh, It's still a little blurry now. Uh, <laughs> I've really been interested because my, my concentration is in business administration. So I've been very interested in uh, marketing, uh, graphic design, things of that nature. But I feel like I still want to be able to try and really get the story of other people's I mean really get I want to be able to like show other people's stories through visual representation whether that be art or something like that even if it's a product that I end up working at a company for and it produces a product but I want it to be able to have a special implication to that person or that group of people so that they can be able to you know 
be able to have them involved in something, even if it's a small something like being able to get your own narrative out there, like sharing your narrative and things of that nature. So I feel like that's something along the lines I want to go on. It's very blurry because I'm mm-hmm. still relatively young. <laughs> but, uh, I find it kind of interesting, though, because that's kind of really similar to my story, less on the design studies pathway and more close to marketing because I'm in public relations. So, like, I definitely am doing it for kind of a similar idea of I want to share people's stories and I want to um, make people's voices be heard because our focus on public relations is um, listening to your public and seeing what you can do for them. So. I find that really interesting that we both kind of have similar d- desires of what we would like to do. So that's really cool. So I'm, I'm going to guess already because we've talked about this, but this project has really kind of affected your decisions for what you want to do after college. Um, would you like to talk a bit more on that? But you don't have to if you don't want to. Um, yeah, I can actually talk about the turning point actually that I found in deciding to change it and then like looking back on it. So while I was in high school and we had to do a senior exit project and initially I wanted to do my project on the psychological effect of fashion design, uh, but it didn't get picked for another reason. But um, so then I turned to architecture and infrastructure and I was just like, well, you know, I was kind of into engineering at the moment, but then I started seeing how art can be more implied to it to change how other people saw stuff. So uh, the title of my project was called The Aesthetic Effect of Infrastructure. Yeah, yeah, The Aesthetic Effect of Infrastructure. So in doing a lot of research for that project and uh, using uh, various different forms of networking, I was able to talk to the Catch Transportation Center in Charlotte, got an interview with the design, one of the design persons there, and I was able to really see, like, how has the blue line, essentially, what I worked on, how is the art really impacting people? Because I was like, sure, you know, art is awesome. And I, at that time, I was just like, well, how is it really impacting people? So in, in seeing that, I was just like, wow, it really, like, puts a positive spin on, like, people's cultures, people's experience, their stories, and what they wanted to say. Even if it's not word for word, like, visually, that's what it showed. Mm-hmm. So in doing that, I was just like, this is really cool. And I felt like, in my first year of college, I was still like, nah, I still want to do engineering. But things changed. <laughs> and when I reflected back on what I've done in the past and working again with Tom Stanley, I was just like, I don't think engineering is for me anymore. And I knew I always loved designing anything. I loved DIYs growing up. I love, I still do artwork. Uh, still, like, even now, like, I'm working on, like, a series of art series now. So I'm trying to, like, get that out there and things like that, which is, tough but um yeah like in in doing that and um yeah oh I think that I don't know if that answered your question because I know perfectly going off that what was that like do you remember anything from that interview that you did yeah so I see like in interviewing he was he was uh, I believe he was like director or like the designer of the Lynx Blue Line extension, mainly his focus was like trying to figure out like the art installations and what piece would go where. Mm-hmm. So in talking to him, I was able to ask him a couple of questions, you know, of like, how do you think aesthetic, like aesthetics, like the visually pleasing things to the eye have a positive impact on infrastructure? Because upon my research, I found out that North Carolina's infrastructure was a D, like they have a report card and the grade was a D. And I was like, 
a D. I was like, that's terrible. Like, that's one away from an F. Like, an infrastructure is something that we rely on every single day, and we don't tend to think about it, like roads, bridges, um, floors, or ceilings, or anything like that. So, yes. So, in looking at that and doing some more research on as to why that it's a D, and I was just like, that's interesting. But then when I looked another source in how public art has helped trans transform that grade, I was like, that's pretty interesting how art can be able to have that effect to make something appear safer than what it was. So what I did was for my, I guess, my physical product portion of the project was I created two houses out of cardboard. One that was had color, it had really good structure, it was had a very good modern flair to it. And then the other one was really beat up, really, in a sense, I tried to make it as close to a cardboard shack as possible. And then when I presented it to the ju- to the judges, I was just like, which one would you rather live in? And they had said, oh, I want to live in the one that's colorful, that has all these different things. And I was just like, huh. I'm like, so why would you want to live in the other one? They're just like, well, because it doesn't look safe. It doesn't look like it has any structure to it. So my goal for them to see was just like that. When you have something that looks sturdy, that has like some type of aesthetic appeal of color of um of a, or a story or anything that has like some type of historical context to it, you would probably trust that more than something that doesn't have any any story or implication at all to it. It's just yeah, it's just really cool. Like the entire process went really well. I still am uh, looking like even looking back at that uh, project now. I still have the PDF and the entire paper, but. Even now to see like how it's like sometimes I go back and check and see like has the infrastructure like report going up or going down, especially since COVID and COVID now has an even bigger problem. I mean, has mm-hmm. an even bigger effect on it now. And um, yeah, and just to see how like public art plays in, I don't know, helping restore, I guess, the safetyness of infrastructure and other different types of buildings and things like that. So, yeah. So kind of transferring from that, one of like, since we're both NC State students, a lot of what we've noticed is like, there's been a lot of reconstruction on campus. So we've had Tally, um, Hunt Hill, and even the Bell Tower has been like renovated and revamped. And they consider that one of their financial priorities at NC State. Kind of wanted to get your thoughts on that and how, especially because you've done stuff with infrastructure and kind of like the importance of art with it. Yeah, so when I think about like the most, because I know like I was on campus a little bit before I had to go back um, due to like the pandemic the second time around, um, I was able to see the new construction for the bell, uh, bell Tower. Well, I did see the construction for the Bell Tower and then the construction for um, Hunt Library. And I was, I don't know how to, how I felt about it at first. When I saw it, I was like, this is like, visually like pleasing and then I thought about you know back to my project I was just like huh more people would probably tend to go see the renovations and probably study up there because it looks cleaner it's safer it appears correction appears safer sturdier has a very strong infrastructure and it's fairly new I mean on the flip side of course some people may be like nah it's too soon I'm not gonna like trust it yet like it looks nice but maybe not I'll stick to my old section in the um lower half of Hunt or the opposite side of Kill. It's really interesting, though, that, like, they, they planned that, and I, I've actually just gone um, recently into the new section, and you're right, it does look really nice, and it looks 
like I see a lot of people over there because it, it seems like a nicer part of the library compared to other parts that people have been using in the past. Right. And it's not to say that like the other half of the library doesn't have like that that student culture or like mm-hmm. like I mean like especially like if like I know for me if I have one spot in the library I'll go to every single time. Like do I really want to sacrifice that one spot to go to another new spot? So it's all about like I guess a person like what they think. But even in Heal, like if I look at Hunt, like that library is one, it's amazing. It is gorgeous. But also like the story behind it is incredible. Like I don't know if you like I took a tour of Hunt my first like the summer of my first year of uh, college and mm-hmm. even the yellow staircase which I found was like a little a little interesting to me because I was just like why is it so bright and the um and hearing the story about what why the artist made it yellow was so it can be able to um it will be able to allow it'll it will allow people to socially interact with each other so like you can see them you can see the person like clearly and I was just like that's interesting because like the color yellow was bright Firstly, and secondly, when you put a person in that backdrop, it's like, oh, okay, you can see them and things like that. So, I don't know. Like it, it was just interesting to see how like different parts of the library was made specifically for the library, but also mm-hmm. it has a lot of psychological like effects on students and how to positively interact, how to study better, and things of that nature. So I feel like when they kind of did the renovations at Hill, they kind of took that same process and put it in. Um, same process from Hunt and kind of put it in Hill to be able to enhance the students' experience at the library. I feel like, because, like, I was a library intern uh, for about a year and a half, almost two years, and the library that's, like, in Charlotte now is, like, it's pretty old. It's been there since I was, before I was born, but now it's getting completely torn down and being reconstructed, and I seen the plans for it, and I was just like, wow, this is it looks insane. Like it is, one is gorgeous. And mm-hmm. you said like the lights and things like that, like it really has an impact on like how a person enjoys themselves at the library or any building in particular. Like if you're in an office building and, you know, like more light, like more natural sunlight may actually help you perform better on certain tasks than a dimmer light. Or if you have even like things down to like the fact of a mouse, for example, like I have a wireless mouse here. I'm like, this is easier for maneuver if I'm like across the room and I can still get to my computer without having to go over there, things like that. Just something that can impact a person in a way of without letting them know it impacts them at the same time, but also knowing that they were thought of in that process. So Charlotte, when you like add public art to that and you take uh, community members' voices and like show that visually. It also like enhances the value of the place as well because more people are going to be like, oh wow, like that's pretty cool, or like what does this mean? And it just gets you more interested in the culture of like where you're at, or like makes you more aware of um how you got there, or how did the people get to like get to this perspective of where they're living, and how can you even gain that perspective in a sense? So yeah, it's it's something that like. So it was really cool to like learn more about this with you. Is there anything you kind of want other like trio students and other people listening in to know before we finish up? Because I don't want to take too much of your time. Oh, yeah, I know. You're fine. Um, I guess one thing that I can leave you guys with is, like I said before, everyone's an artist. Everyone has a story to tell. And no matter how, what way, shape or form you want to tell it, it's important to get it out there to allow others to hear your voice, especially 
in the age of now when things may not be the best in your area based on like race or color or creed or anything like that but other than that even if you just want to say something as far as just like hi or let people know that they're loved like you have you have the power you have the voice to change that so go and make a change (laughs) thanks for that I, i definitely um really enjoyed this with you TRIO Student Support Services Program and Student Support Services STEM are federally funded college retention and completion programs. These programs focus on academic, personal, and career support for under-resourced undergraduate students. At TRIO SSS and SSS STEM, our goal is helping our students reach their goals. We are currently accepting new students to our program. Apply today. Go to www.ncsu.edu to learn more about Student Support Services at NC State.